Welcome to Thoroughly Wrong, and now your hosts, Francisco and Rob. Take it away, guys. All right, welcome back to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. Uh, it looks like 2020, 2021 has arrived, and uh, sadly, it looks like the United States is still the unpredictable dumpster fire that it was in 2020. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I my I, I don't mean to demean anything, but my laughter and, and humor is the way I got to handle this because <clears throat> because God damn, Lalo, today. I felt like I was tripping acid, man. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like very surreal. Yeah. But at the same time, I was talking to our coworker, uh, the other Robert today, where he was like, can you believe what's happening out there, man? I was like, I'm, I, I told him I didn't think it would get this bad. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised at all. If that yeah. makes sense. No, yeah, you can't be surprised. I mean... <laughs> He, he incited a fucking riot. That's what he did. And he got exactly what he wanted. I, I don't even know. Like I said, as a, as a lover of philosophy and, and history and watching things like this unfold, um, part of me is like a, a little kid in a candy store. Like, oh, my God, you know, this is historical stuff that you you don't see very often unless you're in the banana republic <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah but the other half of me is the is the ex you know marine who is watching my country burn down and I'm like I'm a little concerned about this a little bit I don't think everything that has happened is <clears throat> like I don't think it's enough to like destroy our democracy but it's like, like this is as as close as it's probably gotten since you know the Civil War. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And I'm using <laughs> the word "cool" very loosely, not in the usual meaning of it. I get you, man. I get you. It's that fascination with the with the history. It, it is you. It's live. I, I don't even know how to see. It's like the best drama you could ever see. We, you've watched congressmen be humbled today. Just, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I was telling you before we started the podcast, uh, Lindsey Graham said, you know, it was nearly tears, and he goes, "It's enough. Enough is enough." It's something like this that my colleague and I, Rand Paul, agreed on today, and he goes, "That's what the rioters did. They made me agree with with Rand Paul." <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Um, I I talked to my I talked to a bunch of people today, and I tried to get people to come on the podcast. And I tell you what, nobody wanted to talk about this. People were too upset, like they can't separate themselves from it. There's um, a friend of mine; he wanted to come on um, with Robert before Robert got sick, and I asked him today, and he's like, "I can't, man. I'm too upset." I'll say things I don't mean. It's like, so he's such so incendiary that he's got everybody fucked up right now. Is he going like on rants on Facebook and stuff? I, I don't know. Twitter banned him today. They banned him? Oh, no. They banned him. Yeah. they His last three tweets they said were incendiary and incited violence. They shut off his account for 12 hours 
and the the ruling is that he has to delete those three tweets that incited the riots or they're going to shut his account off permanently. Were you so, talking about Trump? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about your friend that got banned off Twitter. Oh, I was like, no, 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 Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah, I read that. I was like, that sounds a lot like what happened to Trump. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I bet I'm like, he's probably so livid right now. Like, he wants to tweet so bad. And like he has no platform now. Like he he doesn't make fucking you know he's not a YouTube video person. He doesn't that like Twitter's his thing. Yeah. And he has always been protected as long as he was the president. But time's running out on that, and pretty soon he might not have such a big platform to you know to talk to all his all his supporters. And this is one of those things where I was remember a while back when I was telling you about what a lot of his base has in common about not being very well like educated on you know the matters at hand and like the actual issues that they're facing dealing with you don't like how the government works yeah right i get it (laughs) yeah so i think this is one of those it's like a perfect example of that like all these people that stormed the capitol they're not mad um they're not upset at certain issues they're not upset you know they're not upset that they're not getting paid they're not upset that you know the government handled this pandemic wrong they're upset because trump is upset right because he told them you know we lost but we didn't lose it was stolen from us from the beginning he would have said like you know i don't like it at all we should have won you know we had it but we lost none of this would have happened but they're mad because uh i saw this guy he's uh he does a lot of like political commentary he he pretty he made he put it pretty uh simple they're mad because they're bad and they they can't they can't hold the L, you know? You guys yeah. lost. They can't face it. Can't face the music that it's over and you know, it was always like, Oh well you know, it starts off with like, oh, media doesn't decide elections, the electoral college does and then oh well they don't decide it. You know, we'll take it to the Supreme Court and then oh just wait till January sixth when they actually vote, blah blah and like you can only go so many times until it's it's over, over, you know? I know. I know. It, he, he will never concede. I heard today that he's not even going to the um, inauguration for Biden. And so they're trying to figure out how to hand off the football with the nuclear codes in it, because that's when it happens at the inauguration. I'm sure Pence can do it. Um, Pence is like, he's the thing. Another thing he did is on his way out, He's like backstabbing all his like most loyal supporters. Like, yeah, it started off with you know all these people that he would hire that would eventually, um, uh, you know, get fired or like there'll be some scandal and they'll have to like resign and stuff like that. Right. And once they do something bad or against him, he like lashes out at them, and it's like one by one, like these people keep falling, and then at the very end, it's Mike Pence, like his most loyal like supporter. You know, since day one, Mike Pence has always stood behind him no matter what. And then, yeah. like, on the, on the eve of of the Senate uh, voting, he tweets out that uh, tweets out saying, you know, it's up to Mike uh, to Mike Pence. You know, if he has the courage, he'll he'll deny these things, which is not true at all. Like, that's not he doesn't have that power, even if he wanted to. <laughs> exactly. If the vice president could deny the electors. Every vice president would do it of a incoming, you know, uh, 
yeah like winner that's not a power that he has it's more of a like ceremonial thing it's just like for show and um you know it's not an actual thing he does and you know all these people are believing him like oh mike pence like if he doesn't do it he's been against us the whole time blah blah and yeah, obviously no because he can't do it and then so when he doesn't do it everybody's gonna turn on mike pence and like he's gonna have nobody else left besides like his kids probably <laughs> eric <laughs> don jr so it's, just, it's pretty sad but at the same time i'm not i'm not surprised at all and i have no like sympathy for him at all and you know whatever he might be going through like personally or because he's caused so much harm and so much damage at this point that even like a majority of like the gop and the republicans are like okay dude like it's done like we're trying to survive here after you know you know <laughs> you're not trying to go down with him and he's burning the landscape for him so you know like they he has those supporters that rabidly believe him and anybody that turns against him it, like that Josh Howley guy, he, you know, he's going to stand up after all this today and, and say that Pennsylvania, you know, he's, he's going to contest it in Pennsylvania. So he's going to send these into a two hour meaningless fucking dialogue to come back and say, doesn't matter. But he feels like he has to do that. He said he feels like he has to do that for for all the voters. And he's just doing it to kiss this fucking fat ass's ass is what he's doing. Exactly. It's so literally so he can get reelected by his that poison base that he has. It's like it's so fucking I don't even know how this happened. I keep yeah. I keep telling people that Trump is not the problem. Trump is a result of the problem. The problem goes much deeper. It's much more systemic than just Donald Trump walked in and took over. He He's a result of this downhill slide that we've been on for God knows how many years. Yeah, he kind of just manifested all these like suppressed emotions and thoughts and feelings that, you know, this large percentage of people in the United States had. <laughs> yeah. And to me, it always comes down. His game is always, uh, you know, point the finger. If you like, even like his supporters, like you have to look like at a certain point. I mean, I say that, but thinking about it, like there's people that will not believe you no matter what you tell them. Right. Um, but at a certain point, you have to look like this man has taken zero responsibility for anything bad that has ever happened. He always points the fingers to somebody else. The only time he takes responsibility is when you know something quote unquote good happens like when the vaccine started rolling out you know it was, it was all over TV. yeah thanks to me blah blah like like how is that somebody you want to lead to lead you i just don't i don't get it um like for the most part i'm against like most like republican issues but i understand that some people aren't you know and that's fine with me but just specifically him and how you can like support him after like literally everything he's ever done. I it just makes no sense to me. The only like logical thing that would make sense to me is like this man is like very misogynistic and you know racist and all these things. And those people might not secretly, you know, or like publicly be that same way, but 
inside they feel a lot of those same feelings right so he, they relate to him and they just support him blindly at that that is a that is a relationship that it feeds off they feed off of each other his his vitriol and and their disappointment in the system and they think because he's fucking angry and he says the right things that oh he's going to save us and now you know they stormed the fucking capital and and like you said they didn't seem to have any reason to do it other than you know they one of those guys took down a, a an american flag and put a trump flag i saw it happen uh, i was watching it and he took down a trump flag or american flag and put a trump flag in it and i thought that right there it, that's there's something really deeply philosophically wrong about what just happened because it wasn't taken down the american flag to to denounce the country it was taken down and then replacing it with this almost like this demagogue this hey man he can save us we don't he's need like, the country we need donald trump yeah it's like it's, he's a god to a lot of these people he's like some sort of mes messiah and uh that's a little concerning i mean i'm not big i'm not a big religious religion fan as it is Right. But to see like this type of like worshiping and just like blind devotion towards anybody, it's like terrifying. And it's like sad to me at the same time. Cause like I said, most of his like his base fans are, are like uh they're very you know, they don't they just listen to him. They don't do the research. They're not well educated in what Wow, I know they're talking about the speech that he gave today that happened in an hour i mean pence was on the way to to the chambers and he was given a speech and he was denouncing judges and he was denouncing pence and he was fucking rambling and ranting about you know they stole the election from me and he's telling these outright bold-faced lies and the one that stood out to me was like I've had governors of states call me and tell me that they want to recertify. No, none, none of that was true. None of it. And, and people aren't, you know, you got a fucking iPhone in your hand. You can fact check anything. But the thing he's done is he has convinced them that anything they fact check is just a part of that system, that systematic media to, to lie to you. So only Donald Trump has the truth because he has some in route into the truth and whatever he says is absolutely gospel. And it doesn't matter who says, if all 50 governors went on CNN and said none of us called him, it would still be true to the people because they didn't, they don't believe it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's something you can fix. Like, I don't know if our focus should just be like on trying to tell these people the truth or just like focus on better educating their children or grandchildren and you know they're a lost cause because like you can only keep trying for so long and for so hard until you realize like there's like nothing's gonna gonna change their way of thinking their their state of mind and it just comes down to like this blind devotion like like we were talking about.
It's very sad. It's. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck it is, dude. I sad is a good word, but you you have this, you have this thing all over the, all out throughout history. Dictators have done the same thing over and over and over again. And Mao Zedong, uh, fucking Hitler, uh, Mussolini, uh, uh, Castro. All these people have these countries where people live in fucking absolute poverty and they they worship this guy. Like he's, you know, Mao, Mao was a god. Fidel Castro was, you didn't, you didn't disagree with Castro. Even if you're living in poverty, it doesn't matter. He's right. And those people remind me of that poverty stricken, uneducated, no matter what Donald Trump says, it's correct. It doesn't matter what it is. And that, like you said, that it's disconcerting. It's, it's more than sad. It's, it's alarming that, that, that could happen here. And what happened today is a result of it. Yeah. Did you, I saw this uh, story that was saying, um, like out of the 20 poorest like counties in the country 10 of them are from like kentucky yeah have you seen that no i believe it i've been to kentucky a lot (laughs) so i mean that tells you a lot right there like that's where you know mitch mcconnell's from and you know like do you think the fucking democrats made those people in kentucky you know that poor that state that poor like no there's something else going on there and but they they just won't get it like it won't click in their head that there's other powers at work and maybe the people that are uh saying that are with them aren't really with them well kentucky is a lot of oil money ashland is there and just on the other side of ashland is one of the you can fact check me on this because i've been to it's there's a dump there and i used to um drive a tractor trailer and i would deliver to New York City and then I drive over to New Jersey and pick up 40,000 pounds of compressed garbage <laughs> and take it to Kentucky and dump it and it had been happening for years and uh, I always talk to those guys and I, it's like that's what Kentucky is they're they're a dump site that gets taken advantage of by the oil companies and that that's what Kentucky is and those people there are they're the kind-heartedest most wonderful people give you their shirt off their back, but God damn hillbillies. Oh my God. They don't get it. They don't get it. Like West Virginia, they live up in the weeds and yeah, it's... they ignore everything that disagrees with them. <laughs> yeah. That's how a lot of people are nowadays. I mean, and it goes for both sides. Like there's people that just blindly uh, follow people on both sides but i i just think it's very much more prevalent on on the right whereas on the left i've seen i mean at least from what i've seen i try to follow people and um like listen to a lot of people that not only you know shit on donald trump every chance they get but when nancy pelosi or chuck schumer like fuck up they'll shit on them too (laughs) and i was saying like after today like the Democrats have literally zero excuses 
for not getting work done. They have two at least <laughs> two years of having uh Senate, the House, and the presidency. Like if you don't get any of the things done, and not even just any of them, like I expect multiple promises, you know, so called promises like done. Yeah. Whether it too. be uh, you know, uh criminal justice reform, immigration reform, uh better handling this pandemic. Like I those aren't like I'm not hoping for those. Like I expect those to happen now. Yeah. And if they don't happen, like I'll be just as critical of them as I am of Donald Trump. Like because they have no excuse. There's no excuse now. Yeah. The Green New Deal, getting back into the the accords to working with our uh enemies again like iran i mean <laughs> instead of instead of tweeting at them maybe talking to them that would be cool but yeah there's a lot that we can do now i know some you know ultra fucking conservative trump people and no i can't get them to come on because they're family and i i, I want to continue talking to my wife later on so <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I know he listens to this. You can't, you can't change these people's minds. And I, 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 how else is there to look at it? You know, what do you do? You can't, he's, the guy I'm talking about is he's so scared now that communism is going to take over and socialism is going to take over and the government's going to collapse because, you know, we're talking about, uh, giving everybody a living wage and oh my god that's like a fucking sin so yeah i expect some things to get done here and i expect yeah i don't know maybe i'm expecting too much but like you said we have we have the trifecta here so get no, some stuff i think done. we should yeah i think we should set the bar very high for them um because like I said, there's no excuse for them not to do all these things. So if you set the bar really high, um, they got to meet at least some of them. For sure, I expect, I think the must-haves are definitely um, like turning around this whole pandemic response. Uh, better handling of it. And then uh, immigration reform is huge that they've just put off forever and the reason they've put it off is because they blame it on you know not having control of of the senate which they do now so that was their only excuse they have nothing nothing to fall back on now yeah there's no and there there's just no so excuse there's so no. we're gonna see what happens there i i'm optimistic but at the same time i'm very pessimistic that it's gonna it's gonna be like this <laughs> barrage of new policies that we're gonna get i don't see it because uh, joe biden is a lot more centrist than people people paint him or people think he is right he's not this you know democratic bernie sanders liberal socialist type like that's not joe biden at all so it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of uh people around him pushing stuff on him you know for him to budge on these things well, he's got and um, he's got Kamala Harris, but she's I mean, got, even her, she's not so far left as as people paint them out to be. 
like when people say like oh we're gonna become a socialist country like dang don't say like it's a bad thing <laughs> <You don't... laughs> once you figure out what that what that means you'd be like oh damn maybe maybe it's not so bad you know <laughs> i get to own the place where i work that's and get paid more maybe that's not so bad after all as long as we're not talking about coconuts dude i'm good so <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you that's like the perfect analogy that is the perfect analogy i have to i have to admit and i have a lot of people laugh at you know get on and me it's about perfectly, that it's perfectly like analogous to uh <laughs> how coercive like capitalism is yeah but, like once you actually think about it that's that's what it is like you either have to work you know 40 or more hours a week to stay alive or you die in poverty yeah so, but capitalism is now it's like you can work 80 hours a week have you know you can work 60 hours a week have a two part-time jobs that don't give you health care and still don't have enough money even though you work 60 hours <laughs> welcome to america yeah, dudes man. welcome to america i think we're we're in a good spot though to to turn some of these things around it's very pivotal it's very p- pivotal four years but i think even the next two years are going to be extremely important um for our country to try to try to go back or try to go like try to turn the corner into what we're trying to do, you know? Well, what are we trying to do that? You know, that's what we need to know. That's true. Because I feel like half of us want one thing and then the other half want to go back, you know, 70 years in time to just live that way. (laughs) And it's just not going to happen. Like that's, that's not really an option. So as much as they try to fight it it's not like those days are long gone and there's no nowhere else to look but forward so like my boy uh, andrew yang says it's not left or right it's forward all right uh well you're gonna sell me on that dude one of these days because i I mean he's not like i said earlier about like worshiping these these politicians and these candidates like he's not perfect you know there's things that i would like either that i either don't agree with him or would like more clarification on or would kind of tweak some of his policies um but i mean nobody's going to be the perfect candidate you kind of just have to roll with you know whoever checks most of your boxes off which which that's how most people should vote in general you know instead of just like oh this dude's a Republican, all right, I'll vote for him. Oh, this dude's a Democrat. Okay, I'll vote for them. Yeah, that's straight ticket nonsense. That's because Republican and Democrat used to mean certain things, and now it, they've schismed off into so many factions. It's like Republican, conservative, non-conservative, left to center, right to center. It's like uh, that, that shit doesn't mean anything anymore. And that's why we need yeah. That we really do need more parties, like in the UK. But I don't, I don't know where the fuck we're headed. Like, like, like you said, we have to, we have to turn the corner and have this idea of where we want to go. But man, before I get in the car to go anywhere, 
I make a plan, even if it's something as simple as I'm going to the store, or I'm going to fucking North Carolina, there's a plan with us right now, especially over the next 14 days, there is no fucking plan. There is no plan. We don't know what this clown is going to do. So we can't make any short-term plans here. And I was wondering what your, what your, um, after I, I wanted to ask you, this dude has to be held accountable. Donald Trump has to be held accountable for what happened today. And, and like I said before, yeah, he's not the problem. He's a, he's a, Today he was the problem. Today he made speeches that were incendiary. Today he made tweets that fired people up that that actually made an, a crowd angry enough to take over the Capitol for a little while. And he has to pay for that. And I wonder, you know, what do you think we should happen to him? I mean, censure him, uh, impeach him again. Can we do the twenty fifth on him? Can can we get, you know, Pence to talk to at least, you know at least half the cabinet to, to pull away from this fucking weirdo and get rid of him. The 25th amendment's good for 21 days. And as I'm looking at it right now, it looks like we got 14. So fuck it. It would work. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it was like up to me completely and solely, yeah, I would, I would impeach him. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people say, like, what's the point? He's going to be gone in, like, three weeks, you know? Yeah. Well, one, he wouldn't... I'm pretty sure once you get impeached, you can't run again for office. So, uh, you know, any sort of hope of, like, re-election would uh, just go out the window with that. And then second, like, being an impeached president, like, that's never going <laughs> to go away, you know? Uh, yeah. There's not going to be very many people that are going to want to associate with the, with him at all. And, you know, kind of just let him vanish into obscurity after that. I'm pretty sure he'll get banned on Twitter, like, the next day <laughs> after his protection's gone. So, I mean, he yeah. got banned, like, literally, while still... He has, like, all these protections, and he still got banned. Like, that tells you a lot. Right. So, I'm pretty sure within a week, Twitter's just going to kick him off. He's not going to have you know, much of a platform, all that's gonna, all that's gonna remain is like his base just kind of, you know, with no, it's like when you chop off the head off of a snake, like there's no leader, like they don't know, they're not going to know what to do. Right. And I think to me, honestly, he's, he's really hurt the democratic party or the Republican party. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they're going to take a long time to recover. They might not recover for like two or three uh, presidential cycles because, you know, you know, in another four years, he's going to he's going to try to make his his voice heard again. And people are going to be talking about this very day um, and what happened and what it meant and how, you know, we don't we don't want to go back to this. So I think he's done so much damage, like. To me, I personally, I don't mind, you know, if you want to destroy the, the GOP from the inside, that's perfectly fine with me. Go for it. Do your best. I'm not going to stop you. But, um, like, if you're the Republican Party, if you're, like, other Republican leaders, like, you have to be, like, shitting your pants because this is not good, good at all for you guys. 
Mitch McConnell is acting like you know the granddad that you broke his favorite vase right now. He's just fucking. He he's like this is enough. Let's stop doing this, and they can't stop doing it. So the the whole party is thrown in. But let me let me be the devil's advocate here for a while, dude. Just do you really want the GOP to fall apart and we become a single party system? Do you really want the all these? Democrats to run this because I don't agree with every fucking thing that the Democrats say. I don't agree with everything the Republicans say, but I certainly don't want a single party. And I am nervous about having all three, having the trifecta. I mean, there's no checks or balances there. None. So if Biden would happen to go off the fucking deep end, which we cannot guarantee he won't, you know, there's nothing, there's no way to stop him. Um, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing. For me, like, I see, I see what you're saying or like what you're trying to say. But thing for me, like I said earlier, Biden's not that type of, he's not some radical socialist dude. Like he. Even if, you know, everybody's telling him like, hey, we're going to be socialist tomorrow. Like, we're telling you to do this. Like, he's not he's not going to budge like that. Um, he's more of like a baby steps kind of person, you know? Right. I don't, I mean, if the GOP was to like, like you said, if, if they destroy themselves, it's not going to be like they're they're gone. They'll still be there. They'll just be like, like smaller factions of them, you know? Like, they'll be uh, like pro-Trump. GOP and like anti-Trump GOP, which is pretty much it'll be yeah. like too many parties, you know? Yeah. Um. So it's I'm pretty sure that's what would happen. And you know, with the whole like, do you really want a single party running everything? Uh, like you said, you don't really agree with everything the Democrats say. Or what everything the Republicans say, but like, what are the things you don't agree with that the Democrats say, for example? I have like what what have they introduced or kind of put out there that you think that's like I to my only problem with the Democrats is where is the money coming from? That's that's really all the things that they want to do. The Healthcare system, I get it in. Education, I get it in. Let's get rid of this debt, the student debt, and let's give everybody a living wage. And and we are how many trillion dollars in debt already? We're spending trillions of dollars on top of that to get out of this pandemic. When that is over, our population is aging, so a lot of people are going towards Medicare. That's going to be overrun. Our social security system is going to be overrun. And the people coming up, and please don't everybody listen to the sound of my voice freak out at once, seems a little self-entitled that we don't want to work as hard as our the people who founded this country did. So my only beef with the Democrats is where 
is this money going to come from? And we're not talking about billions. We're talking about multiple trillions of dollars here to take care of an aging population, a failing uh, infrastructure, a pandemic that's wiped out most small businesses. So we got to recover from this. What's the plan? And all I hear is we're going to give you $2,000. Well, Joe, where's the fucking money going to come from? Well, we're not going to, we're not going to discuss that. We're going to borrow it. And we go deeper and deeper and deeper. And I got a problem with that, dude. Well, a lot of what I've heard, um, you know, when that issue comes up, like, oh, well, how are you going to pay for this? How are you going to pay for these programs? Um, the one thing, like the one constant battle that I feel like has been going on for a long time is the whole taxes issue. Like, you know, when one uh, party comes into power, they'll raise taxes. And when the other one comes into power, they lower taxes. Right. And the Republicans' whole thing, like the, GP, the GOP's whole tax or view on taxes. And, you know, it's, I think I'm pretty sure it like started with Reagan with the whole trickle down thing. Trickle down economics. Yeah. With this idea that, you know, well. You know, that's one of the main talking points, like, well, if you tax these uh, these large corporations and these large businesses, you know, so high, like they're not going to they're not going to grow like they're not going to hire people. So they lower their taxes and they're still not hiring people like it's not trickling down like they thought it would. Like we've tried to go down economics and it obviously hasn't worked at all. So when, you know, I was reading earlier that. um I think in the 60s or in the 50s, at one point we had like, uh, they had a 60% tax rate in, in the United States, if not higher. And right now you can't even get it over 30% without people like blowing a gasket. Right. So these like, you know, this whole like, oh, 60% tax, like that's not something that's unheard of. Like that's happened before. And who are these people that are getting taxed 60%? These are people that make millions of billions of dollars. If I made $10 million and they told me I get to keep $4 million, yeah, that seems a lot like, holy shit, they took over half my money, like that $6 million that they took. But at the same time, like you have $4 million like to live off in a year. Uh, That's a luxury that like 99% of the United States is not going to have. Like if you can't, if you think you can't live off of $4 million in a year, like, I mean, that's like the inner socialist in me. Right. But like $4 million is like $4 million. Like a million dollars is still a million dollars. Like you have enough to survive. You don't need a 23rd yacht. You don't need, you know, your second private jet. Like would I rather someone get, you know, buy a private jet or take that money and, you know, pay people a livable wage or, you know, try to help our veterans or try to help the homeless. Like to me, that's a, like the easiest and the easiest question you could ask or the easiest answer I could give, but not, not a lot of people see it like that. Well, and I, I think that's, I that's do see it like that. But my problem is uh, as a realist, I look at what just happened in the, in 2020 in California And when you laid the taxes on the rich people, what the fuck did they do? They went to Texas. So if you do it to in a a federal way, these are people that have millions of dollars. They're just going to leave the fucking country and go to a place that they could could be protected tax wise. 
that I don't think that's an answer anymore because globalization has made the world a really small place, especially for people that have money. Elon Musk, he's like, well, California's charging me too much. He went to Texas. So Texas is going to gain some taxes, which it's not going to be a 60%. It's not going to be nowhere near California taxes, but California just lost that. And there's this outflux of people out of California right now because of the high taxes. So that, to me, that's, you know, I'm not being a dick or anything, but that's like, that's my argument against that. You tax rich people, they're going to fucking disappear. That's what they do. Well, why why don't you think Elon Musk just, why wouldn't he just go to Florida where they have a 0% tax? I have no idea why I went to why would, Texas. Why wouldn't why wouldn't everybody just move to Florida or like these other states that have or Nevada tax? that has no business uh, tax? tax. I, and I feel like by asking those types of questions, you get the answer to looking for. Texas probably offered him a tax deal to exactly. come there. So, right, but see, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, you could say, like you were saying, you know, you could tax them so much until you know they might just leave the country, like. Yeah, I'm sure a few people would, um, but is it going to be like the overwhelming majority? Like, I don't think so. Like, there's not people fleeing, um, fleeing California. It's like, you know, as bad as they make it seem out, like, seem to be like California is still like the fourth largest economy in the world for a reason. Right. It's a very desirable. The oil and the agriculture we have. Yeah. Like there's this, you know. They always, I always see these pictures of like, this is what a million dollars gets you in California. And it's like a two bedroom, one bath house <laughs> by the yeah. beach. And then this is what a million dollars gets you in Texas. And it's like a fucking mansion, you know? <laughs> and in West Virginia, a so, million dollars will get you like an entire town. Exactly. So, <laughs> so here's my thing. People like those people will say, um, you know, why would I live in, why would I live in California and spend a million dollars on that house when I could go to Texas and spend a million dollars on this house where I could just turn around and tell them, why are you going to spend a million dollars in Texas to buy that house when you can spend a million in Alabama and live in a house three times as big. Right. You see, like at some point it's preference and it comes down to choices. Like, yeah, it's a million dollars for a two bedroom house. It's fucking 75 degrees, you know, 365 days of the year and you know i could go fucking snowboarding uh surfing and skateboarding all in the same day here in california right that's why i love california so it's just <laughs> there's a lot of these factors that people just kind of it's not as cut and dry as it seems to be um and it's not like they're trying to ask for these like huge fucking like ridiculously unheard of tax rates that you know um that people think they are like that's what the thing that a lot of people don't understand like a lot of these people protesting against these like higher tax rates are people that would benefit from these higher tax rates that would you know get more in you know these taxes would go to schools they would go you know into their communities it would benefit them and then they're against them because of like this fear mongering and like all these like lobbying, like people just think, Oh shit. Like they're going to take all this money. Like, no, like even some of the millionaires and billionaires are like, 
yeah, like I wouldn't mind being taxed, you know, a few percentages more. And, you know, I'm not saying, oh, let's go, you know, 60, 70%. Like, I think right now it's at like uh, 28 or like 22% for like certain brackets. Like, I'm pretty sure it could go a little bit higher than that when you're making tens of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars. Like, I'm never, you're never going to see me be like, show pity or like empathy or sympathy for a billionaire that's got taxed a little bit more like why to me that just it doesn't make sense at all like why why are you feeling bad for these people when you know at the end of the day they'll be fine they know they'll be fine and it's wouldn't gonna you benefit have you to, at the same the time run. you do that wouldn't you have to take the subsidies away from the oil company and other things like that when you, you you don't tax an oil company as much because they made a deal with the government you gotta stop shit like that too well yeah there's a lot of things like there's a huge thing with like um uh like these nfl owners that always they're trying to move uh cities because they want a new stadium you know and then they want the city or the state to pay for most of that stadium right when they're billionaires themselves and then you know the city or the state says no and then they're like all right we're not going to go to that city then we'll go somewhere else and then all the owner all the all the fans and all the players like get mad at the at the city at the county for not paying for the stadium like that makes no sense like they're trying to make you pay for it <laughs> they're billionaires and they want your tax dollars to pay for their brand new stadium and then they want you to spend money buying tickets buying jerseys to go watch their their football team like it makes no sense you, like when Amazon was never... trying to decide, do you hear when Amazon was trying to decide like their new headquarters, like they had all these demands, like we want this many in like tax breaks, like that shit's ridiculous. Like you're fucking Amazon. You're going to be a trillion dollar company like within the next 10 years. Like why are you, why are you trying to like cheap, be cheap, like about everything? Like you're going to be fine. So they can get to a trillion faster. <laughs> it just, it's ridiculous to me. I agree. So in order to fund everything that progressives want to do, it takes a monumental change to the tax rates, the culture, and, and the mindset of the American people. And that takes, uh, you know, unless there's a Pearl Harbor or uh, a Twin Towers, that that seems to be the only thing that brings Americans together for change quickly. Otherwise, it's just a matter of trying to shake people out of their lethargy and the lies that they believe in order to change their minds. And that takes generations, decades. So Yeah, these aren't that's my problem with these aren't things with the Democrats. Thank you for challenging me on that statement that I made <laughs> because I really had to oh, think. Sorry. Yeah. Really had to think. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, like a lot of these things aren't gonna change overnight. So like when you when you're talking about, you know, how are you guys gonna like fund all these things and you know, where's the money coming from? And like we have to pay so much already for what it for what we have now. And like all, like, you know, all these welfare programs, blah, blah, blah. 
And when you don't, what a lot of people don't think about is like once you improve the quality of life, like once you give people a livable wage, once you give people, um, you know, just better life opportunities, they're not going to need, you know, that welfare program that they need so much. They might get off of food stamps. They might be able to afford college and, you know, get a better job. That single mom that's, you know, stuck at her uh, pizza delivery job and her, you know, waitress job. Yeah. She might be able to go to college, get an education, get a better job, you know, uh, feed her family better, provide for them better. Like it's, it's like this like machine full of cogs that just slowly, but surely like raise everything up and people just want results like that, you know, at, at the flick of wrist, but that's not how it works. And we have to be patient, but we have to start, you know, the cogs turning, we have to start turning them first before we could actually see um, and the results that we said, so desperately want. That's exactly why I said, and, and I still stand behind it. Most people in this country anymore are so self-entitled and so selfish, and it has to be right fucking now. And I can, can I get this success you're talking about on an app? <laughs> that's, that's what we've done. That's what we've done to ourselves. Yeah. And so we've dug this hole that's $20 trillion deep. And it's going to take $20 trillion to dig out of that hole and another 20 to enact the programs that you're asking for. So, oh my God, that just sounds impossible. And that's why Donald J. Trump became president. In my, Among in my opinion. Other among other reasons, yeah, but that's one of the reasons where it just got so bogged down and he was a voice that everyone listened to just for a second. Yeah, I agree with you with where you said like um, a lot of people are selfish in this country. And I think um, like part of that might be, you know, just natural human instinct, you know? Yeah. You see somebody with, with more uh more of something like you know more food more whatever more a better car like you want that it's it's natural for you to desire what someone else has when it comes to it being better than what you have you know but yeah. what we have to do is kind of change that mindset to where okay um you know they have this how can i get that and the way by do to doing that is you know changing how we think in terms of we got to raise everybody else up, you know? Right. I, I understand what you're saying. If we're just stuck in this perpetual like motion of, you know, super elite rich and like these dirt poor, like we're the richest country in the world. We're the richest country that's ever existed in, in human history. Like there's absolutely zero fucking reasons why there should be people like starving and dying on our streets like this isn't some sort of like third world country you know in medieval times like it's the 21st century it's 2021 like there's no reason why there should be people you know suffering as much as they are right now oh my god i know and and the, i know the better we can understand that and the faster we can understand that and think of ways to to prevent that from happening and to enact change to you know eradicate you know poverty and i know it's a good, it's a, we're a long way from that but uh the sooner we could kind of make that 
that click that switch in our in our mindset will will be will be far better off i guarantee you that okay i have have you ever and seen with all movie? that hold on okay sorry i was gonna say like all those things that i just talked about most of those ideas come from the democratic party um, right and that's just how they, like that's there's no progressives in in the gop the gop is all about you know to me the gop is all about power they try to stay in power just any way they can whether it's moral or immoral like ethical or not like is there some like certain things that i agree with uh kind of like um pro gun and uh, that's pretty much it but <laughs> other than that I'm like pro gun yeah but other than that like all these new ideas and all this progressiveness like that comes from one party and i'm not saying they're perfect i'm not saying they're you know never wrong but i'm just saying that all these ideas and all this this yearning to be better you know you always hear about you know the gop is always talking about well if you want to be better you got to work hard and you know bring yourself up get a new job you know i'll do all this and that yeah. which you know sounds great and That's then you a hear 1950s the, mentality pull yourself up by your own bootstraps yeah and then you look at across the aisle and it's all about how can we all get up, you know, because that's the main goal. And I think that's what different, differentiates the the two parties. Like the the Dems are all about um, bring everybody up, you know, equal opportunity. That's where like we should start. And we're not there yet. But I think the Democratic Party is definitely our best shot at getting there. God, you're such a socialist, dude. Huh? I said you're such a socialist. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it just comes from my my wanting to like I look out for what's better for most of the people. You Nobody know, we wants to, to sacrifice. If Nobody wants people... to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. That's not right. how we operate anymore. It's like it's me or thee. It's going to be fucking me. I mean, so that seems to be the thing that we're talking about here. The thing that needs to be overcome is you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good, pay a higher tax rate, things like that. And the thing, the thing is most people won't even have to do that. A vast majority of people, we aren't asking them to like sacrifice their livelihood. Like, a very very small percentage of people and even them uh aren't sacrificing their livelihood they're just literally just paying more in taxes that's all that that they're doing and it's the people at the very very top people that most of us will never meet in our lives will never interact with in our lives it will never affect us um you know the average joe you know middle class uh to lower class families like they're they're not going to be asked to you know pay 90 percent tax rates pay 60 paying 50 percent tax rates. like that's not i don't think that's what the democrats want it's literally just from the top you know slice off a little bit from the top stick it in the bottom and to kind of help push everybody else up and, <laughs> and i don't 
I mean, if you ask me, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, there's, I don't see what what the issue is there. Unless you're that guy. If you're a billionaire and like, yeah, if you're Jeff Bezos, I'm sure you have an issue with that. that But at the same time, Jeff Bezos is one person. Well, he'll be one vote. Exactly, but the thing is, you're talking about you know, it's not just Jeff Bezos. It's it's all those millionaires and billionaires in between Jeff Bezos and and where you start getting taxed, and a lot of those people have that fucking mindset that we talked about. It's like I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps here. What the fuck? Why can't you do it? Yeah. So that seems to be the people that we need to change their minds. I mean, you're not going to change my mind. Uh, it. I agree with you, but the people that we need to tax at the higher rate seem to be number one, disagreeable to it. And number two, in power at the time. So (laughs) those are the people that rule us. Oh, I'm a billionaire fuck or a millionaire Senator. Am I really going to tax myself higher here? That seems to be the problem. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, like, I used to be kind of on that boat of like, well, you know, I grew up because I mean, growing up, I wasn't like super rich. And I mean, I'm still not super rich. My family's not super rich or anything like that. But, you know, there was kids that I grew up with that ended up, you know, getting in trouble or like, you know, going to prison, stuff like that. And in my head, I was like, well, you know, I was a good kid and I grew up in the same place they did. Why can't they do it? And that's a... That's a very natural, like, way of thinking, you know, like, I don't blame people for thinking that way, because, you know, it makes sense to think that way when you look at when you get it that way. Uh, But what you have to look at is not everybody's going to be exactly the same as you. You know, not we don't know all the details and uh, things that those people had to um, come up, you know, grow up with. Some people just get really shitty luck. And that's, I've learned that uh, throughout my years. Like, no matter, some people, no matter how good they try to do, they just get a shit hand in life. <laughs> yeah. And there's little that they can do to try to overcome that. <laughs> so we have to, you know, help them up because we're capable of doing that. Like I said, in this country that we live in right now during this time, like, we're more than capable of helping everybody uh, be on equal footing. When it comes to, you know, starting the race, I'm not advocating for, you know, there's this whole like debate of equal opportunity versus equal outcome. I'm totally for equal opportunity. You know, I'm not saying everybody should have, you know, the same house, the same car, you know, total like this, like propaganda, anti-socialist video. Like, <laughs> you know, do you want this to be like, everybody right. being the same? Like, that's miles and miles of track houses that look exactly alike with white cars in the parking line right driveway yeah that's not right like that's that not what i'm saying yes and that's what a lot of people see though oh the government's gonna control everything like no you're gonna control everything the workers you know that's what social socialism is like the workers control the means of production you own the business you work for and you know if you ask anybody that works like let's say at a fast food restaurant like, hey, do you think, do you want to work here for eight, $8 an hour or do you want to work here and be part owner with like the 10 other people that work here? Which way do you think they'll be better off? Oh, yeah. Which definitely. way do you think 
if you're a part owner of company, if like if you're collectively owning, you know, the things that the places that you're working at, not only does it give you more economically, but, you know, if you're like some employee at like fucking Target or Walmart or something, you could give zero shits about like anything that goes on in the in the store, you know, in corporate. Yeah. Whereas, whereas if you're like an owner of something, it, it gives you a sense of pride of responsibility, you know. It's like when you rent out an apartment, you rent out an apartment, the AC goes out, oh, I'll just call the landlord. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you see your like paints chipping away, oh, I'll just call the landlord, they'll repaint it. If it's your house, if you buy the house, you're the homeowner, guess what? The paint starts chipping, oh, I'm gonna go buy some paint and, um, and repaint my house, you know? When you're the owner of something, it gives you like this greater responsibility to want to make it prosper better, make it look better, make it feel better. Like you want whatever you're doing to be good because at the end of the day, it's going to benefit you. And that's where, you know, at the end of the day, we can still be, you know, quote unquote selfish because the better a business does, even though the ownership is, you know, split between all the workers at the end of the day, if you produce more, if you give more, your services go up, you're going to get more in, in return. So you can still be, you know, selfish and prosper in a system like that. I see problems. I have to say <laughs> we're at one hour and one minute. And I have to say, I see a lot of problems with that because what about uh, businesses that, that aren't thriving? What about businesses like, I don't know, if you work for someone like Target and Target has a bunch of stores and you know, they have a store in every state, blah, blah, blah. But if you work for somewhere else that only is in California, Arizona, so you're not going to make as much money. So you're still going to have unequal distribution of, of capital here because simply because of size of corporations. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like a perfect system, whereas it's going to, it's going to be like a one size fits all type of thing where, okay, well, you know, all the employees are automatically like equal owners of a company. It'll definitely take some trial and error. You know, I've heard people talk about when it comes to like small businesses, you know, it's good when you're like a really small business, like just starting off to have that, that leader at the top, you know? Yeah. To kind of, um, you know, direct uh, the business until, you know, you get stable footing. Um, and then, you know, maybe at a certain like employee limit start, distributing uh ownership because i mean at a certain point without the employees like that business is you know can only get as big as a single person whatever a single person could could produce you know right so there's definitely like trial and error and you know there's going to be you know different um variations of it and i'm not saying like um like all businesses should be like that but I mean, like I like we were talking about earlier uh, a while back. We were talking about worker co-ops and how that's basically how they how they run, where all the employees own the business. Um, and that's happening. Like that's a thing right now. Like people could do that. And there's like hundreds and thousands of worker co-ops, not only here but you know across the world. But people, once you t once you tell them about it, all the people that I've talked to about that, they have no idea that was even a thing. Yeah. So yeah. it comes back down to like the whole educating people and showing them like there's more options out there than just, you know, working for somebody 
or like starting your own business. Like th- those aren't the only two options that, you know, the United States makes it out to seem like when people say like, oh, you don't like your job, go, go start your own business. Okay, well, what if everybody started their own business? Well, who's going to work there, you know? <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. At some point, it just, it doesn't work. I've heard people talk about, oh, well, you know, you don't, you, you know, you work at a factory and, you know, you start off like shitty pay and, you know, the employee works hard and he moves up and he climbs up to be like vice president of, of the factory. I was like, okay, well, what about the other 200 workers in the factory? They can't all, all be vice president, you know? Right. Like a lot of these comparisons and analogies kind of far, fall apart when you break them down. And like I said, it's not... It's not going to be just flip of a switch type of thing. And, you know, it might not be the perfect system, but we really don't know until we're able to give it a shot and give it a fair shot at that. Not what people think um, socialism is or what it has been. Um, Give it like a fair shot. And, you know, I'm pretty sure socialism and capitalism could could live like hand in hand, you know, in, in a country like this. Like there could be businesses that, Maybe certain industries handle or uh, are better off, you know, with, you know, that person at the top uh, type of situation, you know. And there's maybe some industries that work better where, you know, there's a more democratic approach to the ownership and the uh, like choices that are made for the business. But we we will never know unless we try it. The larger the company, the more diverse the ownership is. That would stop growth. And even with like huge corporations like Target, Walmart, Amazon, stuff like this. Huh? I said that would stop growth, especially if everybody well, I mean, had a but, voice. You know, it's like, <laughs> that would slow everything down. <laughs> but even like, even with like huge corporations like that, you can have smaller factions of, of that corporation, you know? I think what we're... Most like, companies like that are employee-owned like... aren't, well, aren't most companies that are employee-owned like stock options. They don't have a say of which where the company's going, but they know that the harder they work, the more the stock is worth, the more it pays them. Isn't that how that yeah. works? And, uh, I'm not exactly sure when it comes to like those type of companies with like stock options and stuff like that. Yeah. But... I do know that, um, like in the past, I think fifty or sixty years of, like, worker co-ops being a thing, uh, not only here but around the world, we've done studies on them and how they resist, you know, price shocks and recessions and stuff like that. And um, across the board, worker co-ops are way better equipped to handle these things because you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, a lot of people say, well. What if, you know, like a lot of people worry about the business failing uh, and then, you know, you're out of luck if you're in a worker co-op. But at the same time, like if a business fails, regardless of what kind of system it's in, you're out of luck. Like if you're an employee and they have to lay off people, um, like, for example, let's say you have uh, like a medium sized company, like uh 30, 30 to 50 people and they gotta if it's like a capitalistic like owner uh, top down type of thing 
and you know they're seeing that you know they didn't make budget or like they're gonna have to lay people off what would you think would fare better if in that system the top owner would have to lay let's say 10 people off whereas if it was a worker co-op let's say they all get together and like all right you guys um you know we we didn't make enough money this year like we either lay people off or we all take a 5% pay cut and nobody gets laid off. Do you think in the other system that would be an option? No, it's always the layoffs. It's always like the, oh, we got to let you go. You know, we didn't make that much money this year. So sorry, right. you got to go. Whereas in the democratically run business, it's more like, okay, well, none of us want to be out of a job. Like this is our business. We built it. We run it. Let's figure out a way to keep it going during these hard times. Are we still going to have <laughs> here? Uh, here's okay. Here's my devil's advocate. What about when Joe's not carrying his weight and we got to say, all right, we're going to take 5% pay cut because that son of a bitch over there is not working hard enough. And that's human nature to point because if we're all going to own the company, we all have to work the same amount and and as hard as as we can in order to make this thing succeed what are we going to do about joe well i mean you could say that about any company if you don't do your job anywhere you get fired same here if you're not pulling your wave you're not you know meeting expectations they'll let you go like the company is democratically run they the thing is you would want to surround your people with you would want to like surround a... yourself with people that you think or that you know are up for the challenge or up for that, um, you know, responsibility of trying to make the business prosper. Because like I said, at the end of the day, if the business pro prospers, you prosper. And I mean, that happens in every job. If if you don't do it or your job right, you're <laughs> you're out. I know, man. It sounds like an That's episode a, of fucking Survivor. You know, that doesn't that wouldn't just happen here. <laughs> Huh? It sounds like a fucking episode of Survivor. We're going to kick Joe off the island tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at it, that happens in everything. If, you know, the politicians aren't doing what their constituents are asking of them, they get voted out. They just, that's what democracy is. Right. It's the power to the people and power um, belongs to the people. I wish it did, brother. All right. What happened? I said I wish the power belonged to the people, but what well, kind of did today for a little while, if you look at it from the other side, right? And for a minute there, the, <laughs> I think it was they the had the power. People. It was the wrong people. The were misinformed power, people. Like that. <laughs> misinformed. Why do they always seem to pay attention? Though that's the thing. Oh well. <laughs> Right, dude. Well, it's been a good one. I I'd like to mention something to uh to Cat from work who called me up and she said on our last episode, she said um there's too much background noise and you need to edit that out. And I, so this is for Cat. <laughs> I don't have time to edit that shit out, Cat. Okay? So <laughs> This podcast I'm sure went from 
for the first for the first five episodes, I spent three hours of podcast editing out every grunt groan. Uh, to, if there was a too long a pause, and and things like the speech I'm giving now, I just edited that shit out. But now that I'm working and a husband and a dad and a father, <laughs> and I'm writing a book and I'm working on a movie script and I got all this shit in my life, this podcast goes on just like it happened. So this one will be on tomorrow, dude. <laughs> very, very raw. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very raw. Raw and, and cut. And very <laughs> raw and, and cut. <laughs> Is That's that fine a, with me. All right. That's, I just wanted to, I just wanted you and Kat to know, I don't edit this shit anymore, but I like it a lot more too, because like you said, <laughs> it's real. Um, when the ice is, you know, in my glass doing that, I used to edit that out. Now it's like, no, I'm, I'm having a drink while we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, man. And one hey, last thing, um, your boys aren't, aren't looking so hot going into the playoffs. So we'll see how they. <sighs> You know, I got the Steelers Packers 21 13 Super Bowl. Do you remember that? I wrote it. Are you sure about that? It's on a sticker. <laughs> Can I say um, uh, Chiefs and Packers? Nah, <laughs> you okay? got to stick with you. But to be <laughs> fair, I did say Chiefs and Bills in the AFC Championship, and the Chiefs are looking, I mean, the Bills are looking pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty good. Hey. I wouldn't want to play the Bills if I was any team. Hey, you want to do another? You want to do a pre-playoff one with uh, what's his name? Ron? What was Ralph. his name? Ralph. Yeah, I'll ask him. Um, because I mean, the first games are I think on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, it's well, like a super wild card weekend because there's an extra game. Right, extra we can do it. Involved. We can do it in between, like after the wild card, because that's actually before the playoffs. So you know the the good playoffs. Well, I mean, the wild card is the playoffs. I know, I know. Hey, but man, we wild card weekend. We can do it in between the wild cards and the, and the rest of the playoffs. That would work. Because I, I got to say, the fucking Steelers are they're done. They, when, when didn't, I tell that, you, didn't I tell you they were a, they were a hollow 11-0 at that time? Yeah, and you know, the, my problem, I, I hate the truth when it comes to that, but for the last, I don't know, almost two decades, they either can't start a game, can't finish a game, and can't finish a season. It doesn't matter what they do. They fall apart halfway through the game and, and blow it in the fourth quarter or, you know, it's, they're a terrible team and I love them to death. They're just stall over the place. Mm -hmm. Okay. At least they made the playoffs though. At least they made the playoffs. Can't say they're about my team. <laughs> Did they not? <laughs> the Patriots? No. Oh, did Tampa Bay make it? They sure did. They're eleven oh. and five. Oh, all right, all right. Says a lot. Says all a lot right. about forty-three-year-old Tom Brady. All right, that's true. I'll, I have to give it to him. Tell, ask Ralph if he can make it. We'll do it. Are you ready to wrap this yeah, one I'll, up? I'll talk to him. Ready to wrap this one up? Yeah. You know what? This has been a really uh, yes. fun episode. Raw, like you said, and unedited and uncut. So this is Robert. And Francisco. And dude, this is a thoroughly wrong project. And um I'm just starting to like my life. I'm just starting to like this because 
you know we're on Pandora now, right? We make Pandora radio. Did you know that? Wait, what happened? We made Pandora radio. We're on, you know what Pandora radio oh, yeah, is, right? I, yeah, you told me. Yeah, so That's we're on good. Pandora. We're on uh, Spotify, Podient, and, and Apple's still waiting on us to do something on Spotify. So we got to work on that. Anyway, um, talk to Ralph. And uh, for Robert Francisco, this has been the Thoroughly Wrong Project. And just know that we might be thoroughly fucking wrong, but who cares? See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to The Thoroughly Wrong Project with your hosts, Francisco and Robert. If you enjoyed today's show, like, follow, leave a comment, and then look in the description where you'll find our website, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. Until next time, thanks for listening. And just remember, never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.